Hello, Ecclesia. Welcome back to A Thrill of Hope, our Advent podcast. This is the third installment of A Thrill of Hope. And if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I really encourage you to go back and start there. Last week, Julie Ramos did a beautiful job walking us through weariness and Christmas. It's amazing. And today we want to invite you to sit in the middle of the grittiness of Advent. In all the carols and Christmas trees, we forget that Christmas comes with afterbirth. There is no way to erase the grainy footage that is real life. But what does that mean for us, for so many of us who yearn for the unreality of Christmas, all of the pomp and circumstance? Well, that's where we're headed. And I want to encourage you to stay through the end of the podcast because Advent at Ecclesia is as busy with the work of God as it ever has been. And we want you to be a part of all of it. In Christ we offer all that he has offered, the perfect
It's the third week of Advent. And to be honest, we wanted to talk about hope this Advent because this year it seems to be in such short supply. And I don't even have to tell you why. I have two daughters. Both are in some form of in-person school each week. And my wife is a school teacher. They are all going to school and learning and teaching in person and online all at the same time. And you know the deal about showing up live someplace. Mask, temperature checks. All three of them have apps on their phones with questionnaires they have to answer every morning about their health and how they're feeling. You all know the drill. We, we've all gotten used to the new normal and all the new rhythms that have been added to our days. But I think for them and our family, it's the losses that are the worst part. Now, I want you to hear me. It's not what they've lost, but the losses, what they are losing, what they are losing every day, the conversations and Saturdays with friends at the Galleria and trying to convince me to let them skip church and meet friends for Sunday brunch in Highland Village. You know what all the daily losses add up to? Disappointment. You know what disappointment feels like. We've all had them. But right now, we are having more than disappointment. What is it when you experience disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, and there is no end in sight? And add to disappointment the fear that your disappointment is never going to end. When I thumb through the pages of the New Testament, especially when I read the Gospels, I see a lot of disappointment. And this is going to sound weird to say, but so much of that disappointment is disappointment about one person, Jesus. Imagine being an ancient Jew, a woman or a man. Your people have known waiting and hoping for hundreds of years. This is the family story that you've always heard. They heard how their ancestors suffered and waited in Egyptian slavery. They knew the stories of waiting through the exile after their people were carried away into Babylonian captivity. They get that waiting is a recurring character in the drama of the Hebrew people. But remember how those stories end? God sends Moses to Egypt, and what a show that becomes. Rods turning into snakes, and there's the plagues, and you can't forget crossing the Red Sea and the trail of drowned Egyptian soldiers and chariots. Or Nehemiah rebuilding the wall after the Babylonian captivity and a restored Israel. Those stories ended with glory a return to some semblance of the Hebrews being all they thought they might be. But here they are in the time of Jesus, waiting again. And not just waiting, but waiting for a return to glory. And not just glory, but to ultimate glory. The promised king, the one who will reestablish not just part of what they've lost, but establish all they've been promised. And what do they get? They get a baby. A baby is a great end for a pregnancy. Not much for the end of slavery, oppression, and occupation. 
and not just a baby. A poor kid born to an unwed teen mother from the outskirts of a nowhere town. What kind of honky-tonk hero is this kid supposed to be? They wanted a king, and they got a kid. And then look at the rest of the story. Jesus surrounds himself with outcasts that couldn't outlast the other boys at rabbinical school, with fishermen with no other place to go, and is funded by a bunch of single women. Jesus teaches people about forgiveness and touches leopards, and most disappointingly, is killed by the Romans. All of that without offering up one new policy, signing one executive order, leading an army into battle, taking more territory, or conquering anybody. He was supposed to be somebody, a contender, but he's none of those things. What a disappointment. This is a misfit Messiah, all flesh and bone, skin and blood. Listen to the ways the scriptures describe Jesus after he arrives. Jesus weeps. Jesus gets thirsty and tired. Jesus is born of a woman, and the Gospel of John gets, its, gets it clear right from the beginning when John says, the word became flesh. Just all so mortal. Also human. God have to look so human Why so off the earth and so not from above He was supposed to look like justice And instead he looks like love And if he weren't so tender, so tiny Thought he'd be half made of God, 
was supposed to look like victory But here he is sleeping so peacefully And he doesn't look like power, oh no Instead he looks like me Instead he looks like me The humanity of Jesus is exactly what I need this Advent. Because at no time in my life have I been so acquainted with my own humanity. Some of you are like me. For as long as you can remember, people have expected great things of you. I honestly don't say this out of a place of pride or hubris. It's just that I've been very fortunate. My parents, my teachers, my coaches, my professors. I, I remember the night before my parents left me at college, my mom asked my dad, do you think he'll be okay? And my dad said, Sean? Yeah, he can do anything. People have always expected something from me. And when you have those kinds of people in your life, they give you wings. You believe you can do anything because they believe you can do anything. I may be wrong. No, 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 I am wrong. But there's a part of me that has always believed that I can bend the world to my will. But the truth is, this year, this Advent has proved that I can't. I can't give my daughters the high school and junior high experience that they want, that we envisioned. I can't make the world a safe place to breathe. I can't ease the slowly encroaching sickness of my parents and my in-laws. Turns out, I'm human. When I was a senior in high school, Two songs were everywhere on the radio. One had come out a couple of years earlier. It was R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. I love that band and I love that song. And R.E.M. was from just up the street from my house and every kid in Georgia loved R.E.M. It was a song about disillusionment with faith and belief. The other song was Joan Osborne's One of Us. And the chorus asked, what if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home? For some reason, that song has come to me this Advent. Mostly, I think because when I want to say God was one of us, that God did come to us as one of us, all flesh and bone, skin and blood, weepy, thirsty, tired. Not just like one of us, but exactly like all of us. And it's that reality, the reality of Advent, that God was one of us which keeps me from losing my religion. A friend told me once, whenever you feel discouraged, read Hebrews. 
This morning, I did just that. And there Jesus was again, the holy human Jesus. Hebrews 4 says, For Jesus is not some high priest who has no sympathy for our weaknesses and flaws. He has already been tested in every way that we are tested. But he emerged victorious without failing God. So let us step boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help when we need it most. For some of us, this is the time when we need it most. And Ecclesia, this is my prayer for you, for me, for all of us, that this Advent, when the world, when our lives seem to be filled with disappointment, like our spiritual mothers and fathers, we rediscover the human Jesus the God who is with us in the mess of it. And maybe that's what God came near for, so that we will know that we are not alone. Thank you. God bless. The king is on his way The king is on his way The king is on his way Hallelujah The king is on his way The king is on his way on
Thank you for listening to our Advent podcast. We want you to know of a few additional opportunities to connect with our Ecclesia community in this season of Advent. On Tuesdays at 9 p.m., we invite you to join us on Zoom for an experience of contemplative practices called Be Still. This month, we are focusing specifically on Advent themes in our practices. On Wednesday, December 16th at 8 p.m., we will offer a reprise of our Vespers gathering on Zoom with a time of singing Advent hymns. And on Thursday, December 24th, we invite you to join us at our downtown campus for our outdoor Evensong worship service for Christmas Eve. Gatherings are at 4, 5, and 6 p.m. You may find more information and register for any of these offerings at our website, ecclesiahouston.org. We pray that this podcast has been a blessing for you on your Advent journey. Dwell in peace.